Hey, everybody out there listening. This is another episode of the Hoonverse podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff. Just one word, like Prince. Um, tonight, we're doing another solo episode. You know, just, again, haven't had time to get up and hang out in the studio with Chris. Uh, so, don't want to leave you hanging, though. You know, got plenty to talk about because we had an exciting weekend. Um, but before I get to that, I'll tell you what I'm drinking tonight. It is not beer. Uh, hashtag wine sip. Having some red wine. It's nothing special, so I'm not going to bore you with uh, which winery or, or what varietal it is. But just know, it's not always about beer. I love wine, too. Uh, so that's what we're doing tonight. Now, let's dive into this. Let's dive right into the 24 hours of lemons. I was super excited to do this. I hadn't, I hadn't done this in years. Uh, I'd run a car. I don't even remember what year it was, but it was a long time ago in the beginning, the very beginning of Hooniverse. We had a, a 1982 BMW 6 Series. I'd run two races with the car. The first race, our theme was CSI Miami because the car was a 633 CSI. Our second theme was a much better theme where we made the car look like Richard Petty's Superbird, and it was called the Uberbird. And uh, Hooniverse co-founder Tim O'Dell actually built a nose and a tail for the car. And then we painted it petty blue and we got number 43 and the car is incredible. Uh, go look it up on Hooniverse. Just Google Hooniverse Uberbird and you'll find it. I mean, if you Google Uberbird, it's going to be one of the top links, period. Uh, but the car is awesome. Was awesome. Uh, it is gone now. Um, this time around, we're driving something very different. Uh, the car in question is a 1962 Ford Ranchero, a car truck. It's an old car, and under the hood, there's not a V8, it's an inline six-cylinder engine. It's a 200, 200 cubic inches, which is something like 3.3 liters. It's, it's going to be colossally slow. So here's the good on the car. They'd run the car one race prior. Actually, towards the end of 2015, they ran a race at Sonoma. And they didn't do well. They had some starting issues. The car was slow. Uh, I think it had a one-barrel carburetor at the time. It has since been upgraded to a two-barrel carburetor. It has new headers, new exhaust. Um, we had some trouble with an upgraded ignition system, so we went back to an older-school point system, and it was running great. Uh, so the good on the car is that it has upgraded suspension. Tim is the man who owns the car, and he happens to daily drive a Ford Falcon. Now, these share a lot of parts. So his car is already upgraded with uh, what's called a Shelby drop. Google that if you want. It basically relocates some of the mounting points for the front suspension of the car. We did that to the Ranchero. So it has better control arm locations and stuff like that. Um, he upgraded all the bushings to much better uh, roller bearings. Uh, so the suspension was on point. The suspension was sweet. The brakes were strong. I don't know fully what was going on with the brakes, but they, they felt great every time I hit the pedal. Uh, the roll cage for the car was built by Evil Genius Racing head honcho John Pagel, and that means the roll cage was fantastic. This was a an excellent way to spend money on safety equipment. The roll cage was excellent. Now, the bad of the car, the gearbox is a three-speed, and it's not a three-speed automatic, and it's not a three-speed manual on the floor. It's a three on the tree. Yeah. that that I'm going racing in a car with a three on the tree. 
additionally in a car that probably has less than 100 horsepower at this point. Let me reiterate that. It has three on the tree. We'll get to how it drove in a minute. Uh, where we were racing was Sonoma. I'd never been there. I was super excited to race there. And it lived up to all my expectations. It is a world-class, beautiful facility. Living in Southern California, it's easy to forget just how beautiful the other part of the state is. Sonoma is gorgeous. Green rolling hills as far as the eye can see. Um, lovely weather this time of year. It was just a nice fog in the morning, you know, very scenic. Uh, you know, you felt like you're... You just replaced a vineyard and put a racetrack in. It's the same type of grounds as, you know, you'd expect to find at a really good Northern California vineyard because it's in the same area. Um, Sonoma was great. Now, we had the benefit also uh, of getting a garage. You could bid a certain amount to try to win a garage. We won a garage, and we probably had one of the best spots because we were the closest to penalty. We had only one person on one side of us, not on the other side of us, and we were the first garage towards the... Um, the uh, track entry. It's a great spot. Additionally, we were sharing the garage with the awesome people from racecast.me. They live stream racing events. So they, they helped us out. They set up our car with a GoPro and some web connection and they live stream. They, they live streamed a bunch of cars. They live streamed the penalty box. They live streamed one of the turns. They had cameras everywhere and um, they were awesome. And you could just pull it up right in your mobile phone. And it was a live view. The phone feed was about 30 seconds delayed but the computer feed was nearly uh live so it was it was pretty awesome um and I'll, i have a funny story about that that i'll get to in a second actually i'm gonna write it in here so i don't forget it so i remember to tell you there we go um so yeah the uh the racecast.me guys are awesome uh they were running an mr2 they had a hooniverse sticker on it they were great love those guys um so you know, we get the car there, and oh, I should tell you how we got there. Uh, got the car there. I borrowed a Titan XD again. Uh, this is actually going to factor into my video review of the car, which I'm not done editing because I needed this portion of the video content to to get it, you know, finished. Um, I flew into San Francisco on Thursday night. Uh, we did some stuff on the car on Friday or Thursday night when I got there. Picked up the truck, drove it down from the airport to where the car was. Next morning, we woke up, packed. Uh, two trailers. One was being towed by a Tahoe. It was a smaller trailer with a toolbox, a spare engine, uh, some extra tires, uh, an engine hoist, uh, a bunch of stuff that you need to be successful at Lemons. There are tons of people borrowing tools. We did not need to borrow anything from anyone. Um, so we rolled out. We get to Sonoma. You enjoy the day. You tech your gear. You tech your car. You can do practice laps if you want, but we just... You know, had some food, uh, waited till the track went cold, had some drinks, and then I actually slept in the track in the back of the Titan XD, which was a terrible idea because it wasn't comfortable at all. A $63,000 truck does not make a good racetrack condominium. Whatever. So next day, morning's here. It's race day. I, you know, I'm so excited. I've got fresh gear. Uh, my first Lemons race, I had just a... It was all the gear was fine, but it was like the cheapest stuff you could afford at the time. It was a pyrotech helmet, uh, the same matching suit, very basic gear. It was fine, but now the good folks at Alpine Stars hooked me up, uh, so my suit was unreal. Tool layer, a dual layer suit, you know, so you don't need to wear the extra shit underneath. Um, I had Alpine Star shoes and gloves as well. 
because uh, you got to look like a boss. A boss. I'm a boss. Um, the, the suit was killer. Um, loved the suit. I also bought a new helmet from Black Armor Helmets. This thing is awesome. It's lighter than a conventional helmet and way cheaper than a full-on carbon fiber helmet. Um, it's kind of somewhere in the middle. It's carbon composite. It's super light. My neck, you know, wasn't, I, my neck never felt sore at all from racing. Um, it was awesome. I loved it. Loved the helmet. And then I, I bought a couple different visor colors to wear while I was out racing. Sonoma got sunny. So I had this yellow tinted visor. Perfect. Which was good too, because I forgot to pack contact lenses. So I had to wear my glasses, which meant I couldn't wear my sunglasses. So it actually worked out there. So I got to test that out. Um, so I suited up got in the car they let me run the first stint because i'd never driven the track uh you know you get a few parade laps so it's a good way to get more acquainted with the car and acquainted with the track um when you roll out into a track like this there's you know a little bit of uh intimidation to be had because it's such a world-class track there's a little bit intimidation of any track that you've never driven regardless of the quality of the facilities Um, but this is sonoma you know they race pirelli world challenge stuff here they race nascar here they race tons of amazing vehicles here and I was in a 62 Ford Ranchero amongst, I think, 142 or 150 other cars. 149, I guess. And what a field it was. Holy crap. Um, we're in Class C, which is the lowest class, unless they run an auto journalist class, which is usually Class F. In 2015, when Tim raced the Ranchero, he was Class F against Top Gear USA. They, they pitted them and technically Hooniverse won. So, I mean, not technically, we did. It was great. Whatever. Um, we just ran more laps than them. Their car was not good. Um, so, it's my turn. I'm in the car. I roll out there. I stage. They, it, they stage deep because it's so many cars. And the car's just sitting there idling perfectly. Just waiting to go, waiting to go. We had radios in the car, so I told uh, my radio man at the time, once the, the flag goes, let me know so I can get ready to get this thing moving. Get the call of the radio. All right, uh, they're rolling them out for the parade laps. Uh, I start to give it gas. The car dies. <laughs> I'm not at the back of the pack. I'm in the middle of the pack, and now there's a line of cars waiting for me to go. I'm trying to get it started, trying to get it started, trying to get it started. It starts up. Whoa, I finally get up to the top. They have me wait so that they can let the middle row go, and then they let us go. And I, I had to start it twice. I don't, it has something to do with the air fuel mixture, um, rich or lean, whatever it was, is if, if the RPMs dip for a little bit and you try to rev it up like you might do with a normal car, it'll die. What you have to do is just let it come back and then get on it. Uh, so I learned that later on as I was driving. So the first few laps were slow parade laps. It allowed me to figure out sort of where I might be shifting this thing. Once you're out on the track and the track is hot and there's green flags, you know, no yellows or, or they're not green flags, but there's no yellows out. There's no warning flags out. You don't need first gear. You're just in between second and third. So during the parade laps, you know, I had to come down to first sometimes because you catch up to the other 150 cars out there. Um, but you know, then you, the flag drops and you just fucking punch it and go for it. The car, the truck, the, I keep car truck, the Ranchero sounded really good with the headers and the exhaust that, uh, Tim and the guys had fitted to it. It had a nice rumble, even though it's a, you know, like I said, a 200 cubic inch inline six. Um, but the real penalty for this, for this vehicle is without a doubt that gearbox wine sip. So when you're going through corners and, and, and barreling around and you're in second gear, 
it's actually fairly competitive with the middle pack race cars, not the fastest cars. Those cars are super fast, um, too fast for some of them. So you're competing with the middle pack people. You can pull on some, you're right there with some, you're fighting for corners with some. It's great. As soon as you're in an area where you need to, you're banging off 5,000, 5,500 RPMs. As soon as you need to shift into third, boom, it's gone. Everybody passes you. It's like you hit the brakes and everybody goes, it's like Top Gun. Hit the brakes, he's going to fly right by us. You're going to do what? Yeah, exactly. That's what happens. We need a new gearbox. We know this going into this race. But now it is more apparent than ever because the rest of the car is running well. It's competitive in second. So if we had a fourth gear where third was geared differently, it would have been a whole different ballgame. We would have been a lot more competitive. But the thing with lemons is that it's not about being the fastest. It's about being the cleanest, running the most laps, not coming in for penalties, just turning, turning laps and just doing driver and fuel change. If you can do just that, you are going to place very well in your class. Uh, You just need to turn laps. You just can't come in for black flags and passing under yellow and, you know, just stupid bullshitty mistakes. So we were doing that. Uh, I was out there for, well, I was out there for like 30 minutes and then I came in because I thought we were just going to make sure we got everybody in the car and then go for the longer stints. But they said, no, man, car's running good. Stay out. All right. I went back out. I was probably out for somewhere between uh, an hour and a half and two hours, you know, trying to try to run a full tank of gas per driver. And I was, it was going well. Um, I, uh, the cars out there were awesome. I, when I did come back in to see what, you know, to switch and do the fuel change and get the other driver in there. Uh, I ran a best like two thirty. Um, now when they ran the car prior to this race at Sonoma, the best time for the whole weekend was a two thirty six out of the car. So already the car's doing better. The next driver who hopped in, who had run the car before, uh, he, and he races motorcycles. He ripped off as low as two twenty seven. So he was caning it. He was doing great. And I, um, was pissed that I never got a chance to get back in and try to then better my times to beat his times, but whatever. He's a, he's a great guy and I look forward to racing with him again and trying to be faster than him. So we were running well. We just were doing driver changes and fuel. Uh, so for the record though, the fastest cars on the track were hitting too flat. Like the absolute fastest were too flat. Um, and then one or two of them may have dipped to 159. So we're, you know, we're not at the class A pace, but those are super cheaty or there's no more real cheating in lemons. There's cause because they've made the classes, they just have those cars can still be shitty, but they're fast. Um, so that's what's out there. Now, one of the things I first noticed on the track is that BMW cars, they're driven like BMWs. It's, I mean, the, the, the dive bombing and the cutting that was going off from those cars was unreal. It was, I mean, it was, I don't remember that from my years prior lemons racing. They were, they were cutting in hardcore. They were driving like serious assholes. Um, now I understand that they're faster, but you just have to wait a second for this ranchero to get out of your way. I was pointing tons of people by always getting the thumbs up after pointing people by. There's a lot of people who race really well, but there are a lot of people who also race like absolute jackasses. And we learned that in a pretty shitty way later on in the race. I'm going to take a wide sip before this one. So for those of you who don't know, because, you know, I was tech or not texting, not texting any of you, I was uh, tweeting it out and I posted it to Facebook and all that. Uh, we got in an accident. We got in a pretty damn good one too. So our third driver was in and he has the least amount of driving experience out of all of us. It's, you know, just the facts. He, uh, 
he was out there. He's he's our one of our slower, if not slowest driver, but he was just running slow and steady. The car was running solid. He was giving updates that you know gauges were reading good, fuel was good. Uh, he, he was going he was going great. He was just being nice. He was slower, but he was going smooth. That's all we can ask for. Just bring the car back. Don't come in under flags. You know, don't break something. That's all you can ask for in this situation. You don't want to push somebody harder than they're used to. Now, towards the end of his stint, it's towards the end of the day, actually, for day one. The sun is in a position as you're going up turn one after the main straight at Sonoma, where it is right in your face. But that's not what happened to him. He's driving hard up the hill. There's two faster cars coming on either side of him which is already super dangerous. The one on the right cuts in a little early and taps his right front fender. That causes the front end to kick out a little bit. Now, he went to save it, but he went back and forth a few times. It's an old-ass car. You know, you could if you watch the video, which you'll eventually see, I'm not done editing yet, but the Racecast guys gave me the video exclusively. He may have overcorrected a little bit, whatever. He got hit, he got spun. So he got he spins. Now he's facing backwards, stopped, up the hill around the bridge at Sonoma. The rest of the pack is heading towards him, fast, into the sun. There's a Corvette uh, heading his way. The Corvette, for a second in the video, finally sees it. Looks like he's thinking about going left. He has no time to go left. You see the brakes lock up, puff of smoke, smash. Both cars, nose to nose. It sucked. The Rancheros beat up. The I mean, both cars are toast. Uh, our guy got driven off the track in an ambulance, but he's fine. The other driver, he's fine. Um, we talked to the Corvette driver. They were a super cool team. They, you know, um, it's racing. Shit happens. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I know which we know which BMW bumped him. Um, <laughs> so you'll see it all on the video when it comes out. And it sucks. The car is is it, they dragged it off the track. They couldn't get it out of gear. We tried to. Um, we had to, we, it got dragged off the track on a picker. They put it down. They didn't want to drag it all the way to the garage that way. So they waited for the rollback. We got the rollback. And of course, at this point, you're a spectacle. Everybody's staring at your car, asking questions, making jokes. Everybody's like, oh, I got a good body guy. <laughs> keep, keep walking. Um, so we get it back to the garage. Well, actually, before we get it back to the garage, it's just off the picker. It's just put down on the ground. And I told you how the live stream was rolling. <laughs> I got a text from my mom. Uh, did you crash your car? <laughs> no, I wasn't driving. And then I walked to the front and I waved for the camera and she, I like with the radio gear on and she's like, Oh, I see you. Oh, good. That's good. Uh, which was really funny. That's the thing I had to remember to write down to tell you. It was really funny. So we get the car back to the garage. Um, I mean, and it looks like absolute dog shit. The passenger, it took the hit on the passenger portion side of the front end and it's jammed in hard. It's all bent back. The hood's peeled back enough. You can see in, Sheared one or two hood pins. Um, the bumpers bent back to the tire. Then you finally, we finally get the hood off. And I mean, the the radiator, the fan is crushed. The radiator's crushed. It's leaning back into the pulley and the the uh, the belt. We can't even see what that looks like. The engine looks like it's canted slightly up now. When you look inside the car, you can see a wrinkle in the top of the transmission tunnel, which is kind of scary. But how good our cage is? Oh, also, there's two. Um, bars across the engine bay in this car two metal bars that go across the back from the firewall to out to the sides of the engine um 
the one on the left side is, is bent way up and the firewall has a huge pinch like it was creased, which is crazy to see. Then if you look at the two shock towers, the passenger side shock tower is about, I'd say, f- four to six inches back from where it should be. And when you line it up to the driver's side shock tower, <laughs> that's pretty crazy too. So, but when you look at the rest of it and like the cage and all that, so that was a great crumple zone. The front glass didn't budge. Uh, the, the passenger side door opens and closes with no issues. So, it, I mean, it's pretty awesome how the back half of the car was fine. Also, this is the first race, or actually, not this is the first race. This is the second race of the season. But for 2016, Lemons requires a Hans-type device. We were running next gens, and we had it on. We're good to go. Uh, our guy didn't even feel, we thought he was going to feel real sore the next day. He was fine. He was fine the next day, too. The other guy was fine, too, wearing his gear. So that's great. Great to see that stuff work. Um, so we get the car into the garage, line it up, and we just kind of stare at it for a bit. People are coming by, giving their, I mean, we have one of the coolest cars out there because it's so old. You know, there's no question about that. Um, it's not an E36. It's not an E30. There was someone running an E46 this time around, which is insane. I think they had tons of penalty laps, but still, they didn't even have a theme. They rolled up in an E46 with a real shitty cage and like just slapped some numbers on it, which is, it's crazy. Um, so the car looked good until the accident happens. We're looking at it over and we, I mean, Tim, the, basically the team captain was <laughs> one thing he was happy about is that the, the size of the accident made the decision for him on whether or not we were going to try to fix this or not. Looking at it, you go, nope, we're done. Our weekend's over. And he's not the one who would normally just do that. He said if we had 25% less damage, we would have tried to pull it out, get it going, get back in there for the next day. And he would have found a way because he's that good at that type of shit. But he looked at it and he said, nope, all right, let's wait till the track is closed and we can crack our beers and sit back and we'll get it out of here tomorrow. We're going to enjoy the rest of the day, watch some racing, just relax peel some parts off of it, pack up the other stuff we don't need so that tomorrow morning we can watch the start of the race and then get the hell out of there. And that's pretty much exactly what we did. Time for wine. I say that just so you know why I'm not pausing for a long time. So it took a while to get the car back on the trailer um, because the transmission, the, the, um, what piece was it? It was the, the piece that holds up the transmission underneath the car was way down because the engine was canted up. So we had to take that off. We had to rip both uh, exhaust pipes off. We had to do a bunch of shit. And then the drive shaft was giving us trouble. So it took a lot of effort to finally get it on the trailer. But we did. We packed it all up. And uh, we uh, headed back for the car's home. Um, so we took it back to where it's supposed to go, south of San Francisco. Dropped it off, dropped all the stuff off, started looking at it. Before we left the track, someone who works for Lemons told us about the 63 Ranchero that they happen to have in their backyard. And it's located not far from where Tim keeps his Ranchero. So we already have another Ranchero lined up. And I think we're going to keep running it because Tim knows these cars inside and out. We already have some parts we can, not, not some, we have tons of parts we can swap over. We already know what type of engine we want to jump to. We're going to jump to the 250 and we're going to back it up with a T55 speed. So the next time there's a Hooniverse Ranchero on the track, it's going to be much better. Um, it's going to be awesome. Now, with the Titan, I should get back. The drive home, it pulled it like it was, wasn't even there. It was great. Before we left to go to the track, 
Tim asked me, because uh, he was driving the other vehicle, he's like, you've towed before, right? I said, yeah, I've never towed. I towed once for like 15 minutes in a controlled environment. Um, I'd never towed before. So it was a little daunting, but I did it and it was easy and it was actually really fun. Um, and the Titan XD made it easy and it was comfortable in my $63,000 extra duty truck. So it was sweet. So that was Lemons. It was a hell of a time. It was awesome. I love lemons. I need more reasons to wear my racing gear, and I'm going to find them. Uh, just uh, maybe besides future lemons races, we probably won't be ready to race again until at least July. Hopefully, not holding off all the way until October. But there are more California lemons races coming up. We will not make the one in May. I think it's May. Definitely not. We need way more. We want to, you know, we don't want to rush this. We all have lives. We have other things to do. Um, so we can't do that just yet. Now, when I flew back, uh, I got an earlier flight, got to have dinner with my wife on Valentine's Day, so that was nice. When I landed in LAX, I picked up the Audi, the new Audi Q7, which uh, I've only driven it for a little bit so far, but it is a... I, when, that, when they first showed pictures of that car, I thought, oh, it's just, I mean, what, what's going on here? It's, they, it, they should just make it a wagon at this point. <laughs> they should just make a seven-level wagon, which, you know, it sounds like me whining, but it really is just a fat wagon. But once you're in it... It is a really good car. Uh, the one I'm driving is probably fully specced out, so it's like $72,000. But it it feels like an A8 SUV. It totally is super luxurious inside. The leather is excellent. The All the tech, this is the top flight Audi tech. So yes, it has the, the gauge cluster you'd expect to see where you can make the whole thing the map. But the MMA pad is much bigger and handles more than it used to. Um, the heads, it has a heads up display and it's, it's beautiful at night. It's really clean and crisp and nicer than the ones that Chevy runs. I just wish you could. And I have to dive in to see if I can. I haven't seen a way to have it show more information other than speed and speed limit, which are two good things to show. Um, I want to see if there's, it can do like audio track or something like that. I'm sure if you were running nav, it would probably show you directions, but I haven't tested that yet. Uh, either way, this car is it is really good. It's a really, really good Q7. So much better than the last one. The last one was great. I love the older Q7, especially the diesel. Uh, the one I have here is the 3-liter turbo, so it's making 333 horsepower and 325 pound-feet of torque, and I think it has an 8-speed gearbox paired with it. <coughs> and normally, you know, the Audi Drive Select system is, uh, is comfort, auto, dynamic, and individual. Uh, this one adds a setting for they call it all road, which lifts it up a little bit in like all the time, which is kind of cool. So you get a little bit more of a buff look out of your Q7. And then there's an off-road section beyond that. Uh, so they've they've in, made tons of enhancements to the uh, drive select for the Q7. It's pretty sweet. Now, later on this week, I'm driving something really cool. Uh, Clarion and I have been working to try to get me into the seat of their BMW 2002. We're finally lining up schedules where I can do it this week. So I think on, yeah, Friday, I'm going to spend, uh, part of the day, m most of the morning cruising around in that BMW 2002 shooting video on it. I've driven it once for about 15 minutes when I went over there to talk to them about Hoon Truck. Um, they let they're like, yeah, just take it around the block. It's awesome. I was like, okay, yes, I can do that. And it's, it's, I mean, it's not like a super powerful car or anything, but it's gorgeous and it's awesome. I, you know, I love old cars and this is a great old car, an iconic BMW. Uh, this is a, this is part of the portion of BMW's history that I really like. So it's great. And it'll allow me to shit on the current part of BMW. Um, so, I mean, I'm really looking forward to that. But for the moment, I'm just going to, well, I have here. Oh, let me pull this up. I'm going to do some uh, some social media questions. So I, I, you know, pose the question now. 
Facebook, Twitter. Um, if you have a question, ask it up and I will see what I can do. Now, um, one of them actually accidentally answered already on Twitter, but I'm going to read it again. So Craig and Jerome on Twitter is at Craigopotamus. Uh, he said, Matt's mean to me when I ask him for advice. He's talking about Matt Fair, smoke tire. So I'll ask you, BRZ or 370Z for a track slash weekend car? I will be adding boost to either car. For me, it's BRZ. Uh, I love Z cars in general, minus the 350Z. I've never had much love for that. Uh, and I like the 370Z. It's just that the 370Z at this point is super dated. It needs an update so bad. It needs to find a way to add lightness and decrease price. So in the meantime, the BRZ, if you're already planning to make it more powerful, you're already working with a lighter platform. There you go. There's your answer. Get the BRZ. Um, so you, you're, you know, hundreds of pounds lighter than the 370Z. So that means that the power that you're applying to the car is going further than it would in the 370Z. So that's what I would do. Now, here's another question. Tain Hopu at Turtle Shark. Um, reminds me of like, uh, what's that guy's name? Oh, brother is. What Sandy Beach of Oahu? Uh, Florida native. Oh, never mind. Parents came here in 1971 to open Poly at Disney. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, let's go get drunk at fucking Epcot. All right. Got an unmolested 04 Subi Forester XT stick with 200K, but getting the itch. What you think? Keep it or try to use as a trade-in? I mean, you're not, how much could you get on a 200,000 mile Subi Forester that's going to be worth trading it in? If you're bored with your car, just do something to spice it up a little bit. I'm, I mean, throw some mud flaps on it and add a bigger turbo. I don't really know. You're at 200,000, so that's the problem. But the Subaru Forester with the stick, that's a, that's a sweet ride. You know what you should do is slowly convert it to a Subaru Forester STI-type car. Just start to do that, and I think maybe you'll fall back in love with it if you're not enjoying it anymore. Because I don't think you're going to get – I mean, unless you find the right enthusiast – idiot young kid who's like oh i gotta have that that's so awesome i got big plans oh no 200k that's fine um if you try to sell it to an adult or trade it in i don't think you're let me let me look this up because i really don't think you're gonna get that much for it and i'm gonna use kelly blue book and not nada guides because fuck nada guides um so hold on let's let's pull this up pulling up kelly blue book let's price a used car or do we no we go to check my car's value let's see i, I haven't been to these websites in a while um so this should be fun used Subaru, come on! What? What the fuck? Use? Oh, I had to change. Oh, I got to do year. That's why. Uh, what did we say? Two thousand four. Subaru, you're listening to a man search for something on the internet. This is you must be thrilled right now. All right, so Subaru Forester XT XT Sport Utility Four Door. Yeah, choose this style. Boom. 210 horsepower. Oh, all 210. Um, no, let's change the mileage to 200 thousand uh powertrain manual five speed booyah i don't know what your options are i'm just gonna leave that shit as it is um i don't care what your color is so let's choose price type price type just give me the fucking price um let's go private party let's see what that is. yeah we'll do private party so this is so just show me the price. God damn, you gotta click so much things. Just you know why they make you click all these things? It's because the, every time the page reloads is you get served new ads. Remember that. Um, because I used to work for a company just like this. So let's see. Just pull up the price for fuck's sake. Okay. So private party in absolutely excellent condition. If you are to be buying it, I think this is yeah, buying from a private party, three thousand four hundred and fifty-six dollars. 
that I mean, that's not great. Uh, if it's just in good condition, it's two twenty five hundred bucks, and if it's in fair condition, it's two thousand fifty. So just keep it and, and do fun shit to it. That's what I say. All right, Jessup at Jessup Miller. Wife wants a new small SUV. What's good? She likes Caddy SRX and Ford Edge. Don't get the SRX. If you really want the Caddy, wait till, what is it, the CT5? Wait for that. Get the CT5. If you want a premium small SUV that you're going to like, get an Acura RDX. Everybody I know who owns an Acura RDX or an MDX absolutely loves it. So get that. If you want something that's fun to drive, get the Mazda CX-5 or CX-3. It won't be as nice inside, obviously, as the Acura, but it depends. You got to give me a price range there, and we can really figure it out. But don't get an SRX. No. Um, Greg Kachadurian, who is our own news editor at Greg C. Catch, says BMW M2 reviews are dropping tonight. I'm an M fan. No shit, Greg. And see it as the Messiah, given what BMW has become. What are your thoughts? Well, I've talked to one person who has been on the launch and he said the car is absolutely incredible. I mean, of course they were driving at Laguna Seca, so that helps. Um, but everything I've read is that it's awesome. Uh, it doesn't change my opinion on BMW as, as of now, but it's, I'm happy they're making that car. Uh, and no, I do not think it makes up for the current state of the brand, which was Greg's follow-up question. Uh, I, do I want to drive it? Oh, hell yeah. But, um, whatever, you know, it's still BMW of current. All right, at Dallas Sullivan, or no, sorry, Dallas Sullivan, at LOL Salad, basically Dallas backwards. What's the favorite thing or lesson you learned so far with the Hoon Truck Project? Uh, How bad I still am at wrenching and how quickly you want to add more power even when things are going well. Uh, Timing was a good one to learn. So if specific fix, timing. To finally learn how to adjust timing on a vehicle was amazing. When I tur- when I had the timing gun going and I turned the distributor a little bit, you know, one way or the other, and you saw the timing change, that was really cool. Um, let's see. Oh, loping camshaft at loping camshaft. Thoughts on the drive and FLD merger. Also, wombat bet. Anybody who didn't see the drive and the drive merger coming, um, you're crazy. Did you not notice the logo right off the bat? Now, to be fair, I've known about this for. Months and months and months and months and months because I'm friends with the people involved. So I, it's, I mean, it's just been paperwork that's been holding up. This was supposed to be done a long time ago. Look at the logo of Drive and look at the logo of The Drive. Also, the Fastlane Daily part, whatever, that just comes along for the ride with Drive. Um, they've got a good subscription base. So, yeah. Um, I mean, no offense to anybody who works for Fastlane Daily. I know people who do and they're cool people. I just, it's not something I watch. Sorry. Uh, literally no updates to the Wombat. <laughs> so fuck um $500 van uh of course they ask this question what are your thoughts on sketchy vans obviously we are pro sketchy van yes i know and uh i think if it's a fun sketchy van that's cool if it's like just a straight up people probably died in their van it's not as cool uh but you know like fun sketchy vans absolutely so here's one matt carhart at long dx commuter uh, if given 25 to buy one new car, what would it be and why? God, that sucks. I mean, it'd probably be, <laughs> if I buy a used car, it changes everything. If uh, I'd probably be, um, I, I know I sound like the rest of TST, those guys, but it, honestly, it'd probably be, you know what? Maybe I'd go different. Instead of getting the Fiesta ST, or uh, I'd probably get um, the, it's tough though, because I have a baby. 
Um, but we have her, my wife's other car. So I, I'd get the three cylinder Fiesta. I really, 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 really like that one. Uh, and it'd be fun to find ways to add power to that because the noise it makes is really neat. It has the same chassis. So you can, you know, fit all the fun, go fast, non-engine parts. So that'd be really fun. And you'd be way under 25. So you'd have tons of money left to mod it. There you go. Three cylinder Fiesta. Uh, let's move on to Hoonor or Facebook and see if there's any questions. Which, for some reason, I doubt because there weren't any last time until like a week after the podcast, which is just brilliant. Oh, we have some. How about that? Thanks, guys. Um, All right. Mike Tully asks, weird question, but with all that's going on with Hyundai, do you ever wish Mazda made a premium brand? I feel like it would be awesome, but maybe I'm just weird. Well, I mean, the uh, wasn't the Yunos? No, there's there's something that in Japan, I think there is a few cars from Mazda that are part of a premium brand. Um, I mean, it could be awesome. It's just that their segment of the market is so small. I don't think it's weird for Hyundai. I mean, there's Hyundai sells a good amount of cars. Um, I wish I could be speaking out of my ass here and maybe Mazda outsells Hyundai, but I don't think they do. Um, I kind of like that Mazda is more like Subaru and just makes cars for people who love what that brand does. And I just hope that never goes away for them because I really enjoy what they do. And their design language right now is killer. Their car offerings are excellent. Um, yeah, keep doing what you're doing, Mazda. I love it. I don't think you need a premium brand though. I mean, it could be interesting in a weird way, but nah, maybe if they just brought over some top shelf stuff that they already offer in Japan, that could be a way to do it. All right. Brendan McWade, any car in the Geneva show you guys are excited about? Also, will you guys test drive the Mazda CX-9 this spring? The assembly line has fired up in Hiroshima. Any car? In the, I, I don't even know what's going to Geneva, to be totally honest. Uh, I, if the DB11's there, that's the one I'm excited about. Um, other than that, I really haven't been paying attention at all because um, that's Greg Kachadurian's job. Um, will we test drive the Mazda CX-9? Yes, we will. I actually got invited to invited to see that car, not drive it, but see it, and I couldn't make it, which sucked because it was at a winter driving program in Crested Butte, which would have meant winter ice driving the MX-5 in the snow, and I couldn't make it. Uh, but yes, we will be testing the CX-9 at some point. We have a very good relationship with Mazda. And like I just said, I love their cars. Buddy Daniels asked, a used G8 GXP on eBay is 30 to 35. A new Chevy SS is 45 to 50. So which do you buy? I mean, the Chevy SS is, a, is an improved car. It really is. Um, I love the Pontiacs, but they were very Pontiac-ish inside, whereas the Chevy SS feels like a premium Chevy product. It doesn't feel like a Cadillac, but it feels like new Chevy, nicer materials. I... I love that, and I love that, well, the new Chevy you can also get with the magnetic ride, which makes a nice difference. The only thing I don't like about the newest Chevy SS, and I've said this before on the podcast, is that it has electric power steering now, and and, and that's really it. The steering feel is just absolutely toast, where when it was hydraulic, it was awesome, but you could get automatic only then. So it's a, I, I wish you could swap in the power steering system from the, the first Chevy SS we got into a, a newer Manual SS with magnetic ride and manual gearbox. Yeah, that's what I would do. Um, I mean, a G8 GXP could be worth some money 30 years from now at Barrett-Jackson, but the Chevy SS, which will be going the way of the G8, let's be honest here, um, is all, I mean, either way, you got a cool car in your hands, but I would go Chevy SS. If I could afford it, I would go Chevy SS. So... There you go. There's all the questions for the evening. I really appreciate when you guys do that. It's kind of a fun way to interact. Um, and I love uh, doing that. I'm going to try to put the notices out 
earlier so I can even get more questions. But that's where we're at now. And if you want to participate in that, make sure you like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hooniverse. Make sure you follow me on Twitter. Also follow at the Hooniverse, but also follow at Jay Glucker. Um, I don't put the questions out on Instagram, but if you want to follow me there, I'm at Hooniverse Jeff. Uh, you could have seen all the destruction from the track, as well as photos of my dog and beer. Um, but those are fun things. So, you know, grab all that social media stuff. Go to our YouTube page and like us because we're just about to hit 19,000 subscribers. Don't like us, subscribe. And do that. And then uh, some of you don't even know that we have a website. Go to Hooniverse.com for daily awesome articles. Do all that. And then also, if you want your own podcast, obviously, since Chris isn't here to say it, go to ShoutEngine.com, blah, 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 whatever he says. Seriously, though, it's a great platform, and you should be using it if you want to podcast. Uh, Don't forget to go to iTunes and rate and review this podcast. Um, That helps us climb the rankings. Every time a new episode comes out, we're usually in the top 10 for automotive podcasts, and that's because of you, and that's awesome, and I thank you. Until then, next time. Yeah, until then. There's no until then. I didn't start it. Whatever. Until next time, I'll see you, and I don't know what episode this is, so whatever. I'll say, and that's what episode it is. Peace out.